We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network my name is rob louder i cover the 49ers for blue wire joining me tonight is my co-host former nfl defensive back eric crocker cooker of fried oreos my friend what's going on i made some fried oreos and they were they were fire they were good i, I actually Okay, I'm lying just a little bit. I, I overcooked a couple of them, and I didn't even now, really what think about. What happens to a fried Oreo when it gets overcooked? Like what? What happened? It was actually still good. It was still good, but it was just a little. You know, maybe maybe your girl she was right when she was like, "Oh man, you gotta have the heat just perfect." And I think I had the heat <laughs> just a little too high, <laughs> but they were good though. They were good. Hey, don't don't worry about that. She burns shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's cool, dude. I've never had any of those, like, fried, like, sweet foods that, like, you know, you see at the fairs nowadays. I usually, like, I have, like, my fair food go-tos. Like, I, I get a big-ass fried corn dog, you know, uh, you know the ones that are, like, awkwardly big, like, at least a foot. Oh, I usually sick. get, like, some, uh, some uh, curly fries, and I'll get, like, a churro. And, I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, deep fried, I, deep fried I, cheese curds. Yeah, I think I stick to about the same. I stick to you about know. the same. So, I mean, but and now I think the fair this year, at least here in Central California, there is no fair. 
it's just this massive drive-through fair food thing where like you just wait in a line in your car and there's like dozens of different fair foods and you drive through, you order what you want and you know, you order your food and that's it. Yeah. And you can pay like 30 bucks to go to the front of the line. Someone asked if I've been to a fair in, in, in the South and I haven't because when I got out here, it was like, it's been like the whole COVID thing. Now the South doesn't, <laughs> I don't want to say they don't believe in COVID, but They've been kind of living a more normal life than what California's <laughs> been going through, but uh, no, there, there has not been, there hasn't been a, a fair or anything uh, to my knowledge. Right. I mean, obviously, you want to do things safe, but I, I'm ready for all that shit to come back. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm finally at that point where, and I have felt like everything kind of we've been doing, you know, had a purpose, and and I still kind of feel that way, but I'm just over it now, man. Now, hopefully that. We start from the amount of seems like so many people are getting that vaccine. Hopefully, we start we start seeing some uh, some real some real change real quick. But on to the pressing on. Obviously, if you're listening to this pod, we have thank, thankfully received the audio <laughs> because we are on the locker room map where we got some topics we want to cover. We'll make sure we we, we spend a little bit more time, uh, you know, talking to you guys, answering some questions today, just because we haven't been on here in a couple weeks. Um, but like I said, hopefully we get our audio and we can start jumping on back here because Croc and I were having having a lot of fun being on the locker room app. It's just like we couldn't do it if it was if it you know because we had it two weeks or one two episodes in a row we just never got our audio from it and it was basically like two hours that we could never publish. So hopefully that's not the case and because we like being on here. And all the Android users were the main ones. Like man, I, you know I couldn't listen and they were just missing out on striking gold. We got to get the people what they want. It was probably their fault, the Android <laughs> users. It was probably their fault. Yeah. So, all right. So let's lead off with these tweets that kind of echo what we already know, kind of echo what we already know about the 49ers and their pursuit of the ideal quarterback with pick number three. All right. Now, one thing we did know, thank you to thanks to Matt Barrows of The Athletic. And you know what? Thank you to – I can't remember your name. I had one guy – it was actually multiple people. I had one guy straight up offer to send me, like, a guest subscription to The Athletic. I had people, like, offer their law, their athletic logins because I mentioned how I wasn't a subscriber, and I just felt that was very nice of you guys. So I appreciate it. But – That's what's up. Well, they didn't, they didn't message me. Well, I mean, no one gives a fuck about you, Croc, but hey, – You're right. That's right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we already knew that John Beck, former NFL quarterback, former backup quarterback under Kyle Shanahan in Washington, now QB coach, um, had been working with both, well, with Zach Wilson and Justin Fields for a minute. And just as of recently, right around the same time the 49ers traded up to the third overall pick, was now requested to work with Trey Lance. And we had heard about that, again, from Matt Barrows of The Athletic, who put in the work. Uh, make sure you ch- if you have an athletic subscription, check him out because Matt Barrows is the best. But um, Dan Graziano um, kind of more elaborated more on that today from ESPN with some tweets. He said, I'm just going to read through them. He said, I am told the 49ers are extremely involved in the Trey Lance workout scheduled for Monday. Lance, who works with QB coach Quincy Avery, spent the past couple of weeks working with quarterback coach John Beck. Kyle Shanahan coached Beck in Washington a decade ago and trusts his opinion. I'm told Lance went to work with Beck at Shanahan's request 
and that the Niners coaching staff gave Beck a list of drills they want Lance to work on ahead of Monday's workout. Effectively, the 49ers designed the workout and will have a hand in administering it on Monday. Other teams are expected to be attendance, including the Falcons in Washington, per sources, but obviously Lance is under consideration for the 49ers at pick number three. Worth noting, of course, that Beck also works with Justin Fields, who, along with Mac Jones, is also under consideration for the 49ers at pick number three. So, you know, my first thought was, and I know you had a kind of a reaction to this, is it wouldn't surprise – this could be something that's been happening, and this is the this is kind of like the first time 49ers land is hearing about it a little bit louder because obviously they traded up to the third overall and they're they're in the quarterback market. But to me, it almost seems like like it wouldn't surprise me if there was some sort of rule created out of this. I would have no idea what that would be. But to me, it just seems like a massive loophole that a good friend of Kyle Shanahan's that also happens to be a quarterback coach during the middle of draft season weeks, you know, just a couple weeks before the draft, you know, is having a, a close personal friend coach up quarterbacks that he is, you know, that are under consideration for the third overall pick. And to me, I could just see other teams being a little pissed about having that type of of connection. You know, I, I mean, it, obviously it's not against the rules. They wouldn't do it. But it just seems to me like something that somebody would start bitching about. And I know you had a you had a reaction to that, Crocker, before we were recording that you wanted to to save for for right now. So what what's that? Yeah, so I think t- typically this this whole situation isn't as big of a deal, I guess. Well, I mean, obviously pro days are always, you know, big or whatever. But I think like to this magnitude of like kind of trying to figure out different ways to get involved with, you know, these prospects and everything because usually you're able to bring guys in on visits and you're able to sit down and eat with them and put them on the board and, you know, you're able to have like more one-on-one time with the prospects when they come on their visits, but, and, and not only with their visits, but also at the pro days and everything as well. Well, they don't have those that this year, you know, there are no, none of the, you know, private visits or anything like that. So I think it's a bigger deal this year. And I think if more teams had access to it, they probably would have done it right. If they would have at least thought about it or been in the market for, uh, you know, a quarter, a quarterback in that way. But I think it's it's magnified more this year just because you don't have that that one on one time with guys. So I, I don't know if it'd be something that continues moving forward. Maybe teams that are in the market will kind of set things up this way because now it's like you know the script is what Kyle Shanahan wants, which is great. Uh, you know I, I I sent you a message. You know I DM. I guess I can say it now since it's all out there, right? And now I'm not a I'm not a source person, but. Um, I did I did message Quincy Avery um, over a week ago. So this was before, you know, anybody really anybody knew that Trey Lance was working with Beck. But I had I had I hit Quincy Avery because I know he works with Trey Lance, and I was like, dude, I was like, I don't know why, but I just have a feeling that 49ers are gonna take Trey Lance. And he messaged me back, and he was like, Yeah, well, you know, Kyle, he was like, um, Yeah, the 49ers reached out and they wanted him to work out with Beck. He said, he said, because that's Kyle's guy. So he's with, he's with Beck right now. So I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, and then I think like a few days later, that was when the news kind of started getting out there that Trey Lance was working with Beck and then people started kind of digging a little deeper into that whole thing. But um, I, I, it's not nothing. And anybody that says that Kyle knew who he was trading up for, 
maybe he felt like he did. Maybe he didn't like what he saw from the guy he thought he was going to be trading up for. And now maybe he's just more open to different things. I, I don't know. I don't think any of us will know the answer to that until after the guy's drafted and Kyle tells us. But I, I do think that them constructing this pro day workout is not, it's not nothing. I, I don't think you go through all of this for someone that you're not strongly interested in. So that's just kind of my opinion on that. Right. Well, I mean, we always kind of agreed that the 49ers wouldn't have made this trade if they won, didn't have a heavy favorite in mind, like somebody that that, that they assumed or knew was going to be available, someone that they liked a lot. There had to have been a, a prospect there that they felt they had a great chance of getting that prompted them to make that move. You know, otherwise, if they if they didn't like the options or they didn't feel like the person that they wanted, they had any chance of getting then they wouldn't have done it because obviously it wouldn't have been worth it to them. But I, I, I say that, and that still that does not mean that the 49ers couldn't be convinced of other options at the pick. I mean, there's a, there's a very good chance that when they traded up to third overall that they're like, we really, really, really like Justin Fields, but we also really like Trey Lance. So let's start, like, really digging into these guys. Maybe even you're looking at it under a new lens, like compared to each other. Which one do we feel like is going to give us our best shot to win? Which you know, which one has you know, which one's going to be? Do we feel like it's going to be better right when he gets into the league? Which one do we feel like is going to be better three years down the line? And it wouldn't surprise me if the 49ers kind of took it in a way where they were like, "Look, we already know that we're good with this guy, but can this guy challenge him for our affection?" You know, so. And, and that's only fair, you know. You have to you have to challenge your own ways of thinking and your own opinions when you're in that sort of job, because you're you know everything has to be vetted, everything has to be confirmed, everything has to be just gone over, over and over and over, just to make sure that you're making the because when you when you write that name on the card or whatever they do nowadays since the COVID stuff, you know you've got to make sure that there's nothing else in your head that that would cause you to question the decision that you just made. So, you know, they, they have to, they have to compare everybody. They're going to get there. And I do think it's interesting. Chris Biederman just tweeted about it. And I was already thinking about it is um, the 49ers have now had John Beck, who is by all accounts, pretty close friends with Kyle Shanahan knows exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants out of a quarterback. He's been working with Zach Wilson and Justin Fields for a minute and is now working with Trey Lance, but has never worked with Mac Jones. Does that just break your heart, Crocker? Well, the thing I don't know is, I guess with these guys in this time of year, if if the smokescreen stuff is still a thing at this point, even though 49ers That's true. to draft a quarterback, if the smokescreens are still a thing, then maybe that's by design. To keep everybody off the trail and taking Jones, so that's just the that's a devil's advocate way of looking at it. But it could just be the obvious, and it's like, hey, we're not messing with <laughs> with this dude Mac Jones, and we want one of these two quarterbacks, and that's who we're strongly looking into, and and that could very well be it. Or maybe they feel like they don't need to see those things from Mac Jones because you know he did run, although it wasn't a pro style offense in the sense of like you know, playing under center a lot, like, you know, they play action pass, turning it back to the quarterback. Their concepts were very pro style. 
with the way that the ways that they utilize receivers, a lot of motions, running, uh, motioning down to tight splits, like those type of things. I feel like they did those things more than any other uh, team, at least the top quarterbacks, um, especially like Trevor Lawrence. His was like probably the most college gimmicky one. But, um, you know, out of all the top guys, I think I think Alabama did the most pro-style stuff with their, their reads, their route concepts, the drive throws downfield, things like that. So, um, you know, maybe he feels like, well, we've seen this from Mac Jones and we don't need to get him to, you know, we don't need to construct a workout for him. Or maybe they couldn't construct a workout for him in time uh, from when they traded up, you know, but maybe they had the time to do it with these guys. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to throw out all the different scenarios there. You're supposed you're supposed to just say that it's because the 49ers don't give a shit about Mac Jones and they were going to never draft well, him yeah. in the first place. That's That's the answer that everybody wants to hear. Yeah, but, there's no way it could be Mac Jones. I know there's no way until it is Mac Jones, and you know I'm just trying to prepare everybody for the other side of things. <laughs> you know, right. there was somebody what? in the comments though. Um, I kind of misspoke a little bit, saying you know you don't get that one-on-one time with guys like there aren't the in-person visits. But um, someone in the comments and a lot, oh right here Zaki or Zaki, he said they do have Zoom calls and do board work on the Zoom calls. So. Yeah, I, I think, think yeah. I think you can do like unlimited Zoom calls. Like, okay, I think I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think that they really open as far as a meeting with players through Zoom. I think they really opened that up, knowing that there were really like not any any other things, and and or maybe it's you know maybe there's a specific number on it, um, but it doesn't maybe really matter. Saying, I've seen some comments saying five Zoom calls and some saying unlimited. So. Three yes, unlimited phone calls, calls, five Zoom calls, three or five Zooms, five Zooms, unlimited phone. And, it, <laughs> you know, it, it, what's funny is it says unlimited phone calls, and they'd be like, just hit the FaceTime button, bro. We're still on the phone. Like, you know, <laughs> so they just turn their, their phone calls into, into Zoom calls, and it doesn't count. So they're doing whatever the hell they want on there. Um, yeah, yeah they, they're probably working around that like crazy. But so, I mean <sighs> – to me, and just to offer our own thoughts on this, like let's say that, it, that for for discussion's sake, because we've talked about Mac Jones as all we talked about all of them kind of until we're blue at the face, but and I know this kind of blends into a little bit about your uh, your little interview you did uh, recently, Croc. But like, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. What I mean to to what is Trey Lance versus Justin Fields to you? Like, does one of the options is one of the options drastically less appealing than the other to you? Do you feel like both of them offer kind of like the same level of success for the Forty ers Do you feel like one of them would be a mistake? You know what I mean? Like, what are the when you think about those two being the options at three? Let's just and we're just assuming that they are. I mean, what do you think about? You know, I, I think about just does one do more what Kyle wants than the other, right? They both offer similar things in the sense of, you know, the athletic, the ability to make um, what they call it, second reaction plays, right? Basically plays off script. You know, they both offer these different things. Um, they both can offer – I think even with, though they're both they both are athletic and can run, they're still different kind of runners. Like I look at fields – even though he's like really athletic, he's still a pocket passer to me, more so than Trey Lance, who is a pocket passer, but he still gives you like a power element to it, which isn't like anything too crazy. 
Josh Allen does power runs in the red zone. And so, you know, it's not anything like, you know, too crazy. Who um, Trevor Lawrence, same thing. You see him do quarterback powers. So um, I definitely think their skill sets are slightly different, but I think it just depends on what Kyle Shanahan wants from the, you know, standpoint of, you know, does he want the guy that is more of a pure drop back passer um, that throws the ball all around, still make all the throws and is more accurate at this moment? Or does he want the guy that has done, that is more quote unquote pro ready in the sense of what he was asked to do at his college, um, you know, the whole, you know, uh, calling out line protections, getting everybody set up. Um, you know, I heard Quincy Avery say that everything was on him with calling the protections and everything. Like somebody, you know, he's used to huddling up and everything and calling the plays. And then when he gets out there, everything is on him more so than Ohio State, who gets to the line of scrimmage, act like they're going to snap the ball. Everybody stand, look to the sideline. The coaches tell them, hey, we're going to do this. And so it kind of takes everything out of the quarterback's hands. So I think from that standpoint, it just depends on what what does Kyle want more. If I had to guess, I'd say he wants more of what Lance has done. But none of these guys are finished products. Like, you know, at some point, they're going to have to learn these things anyways. So then it just becomes, you know, what does he prioritize with these guys? But um, I, I've told you, like, for the last two weeks now, I've kind of felt like Lance was the guy, and that was just kind of been my, my gut feeling. Well, to me, it's it, I don't – I kind of go back and forth with myself. Like, I, I feel like in a broader sense, I feel like whether or not the 49ers go with Justin Fields or Trey Lance, both of them kind of really represent a huge shift in a different direction for the 49ers, their offense, what they're able to do with the football. You know, and I and I watch I watch you know games of of Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I didn't want to say tape. I I just didn't want to say it. <laughs> but I watch them all. You know, pretty oftenly, and I go back and forth between them. And I've kind of just landed on the idea that I think the 49ers can be really good with both of them, and I think both of them can be really good. And I and I believe there may be a slightly higher ceiling. If both of them work out to the maximum of their potential, maybe the ceiling is a little higher for Trey Lance because of kind of the things you said. I think that, you know, he's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit stronger. And when I say a little bit bigger, he's like barely bigger. He's like an inch taller and they weigh like close to the same. But I think that he's going to weigh a lot more because you're talking about I mean, Trey Lance is a young little kid. Like, I think they're, I think they're, they're close to two years apart or something like that. I can't remember. But, um, like Trey Lance is still growing. Like people, like normally, yeah. elite, normally elite athletes kind of like they, they, they grow a little earlier than most people because they have a lot more growing to do. But at the same time, like Trey Lance is still growing. Like that dude could end up being six, five. Two two forty, like you know. So I don't. You were you were you about to say something about that? Yeah, no. I was just kind of just thinking about it from that standpoint of just where he's at, right? I mean, when he last played, he's nineteen years old, doing things that he did. You know, led his team to an undefeated record, won every which way that they asked him to win. Um, you know, he executed that offense to the highest level and to the standards of what North Dakota State stands for you know, in that division, like they are a championship program and he led them to that. On top of that, we're looking at somebody who is still growing, even if it's not like physically, like from a maturity standpoint and everything they say about him right now is like the highest of highest, 
right, with with his um, character and who he is as a young man. And I think, you know, even that, like not having the character concerns, understanding like this person is in a hard work, because that's a lot to do with it. Most guys, when they are, you know, quote unquote, bust in the NFL, a lot of times it's not because of an ability thing or, you know, obviously like, you know, where you, where you land can have a big part of it, but just not being prepared to handle that different type of, you know, load and preparation. And it sounds like he's somebody who, you know, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how during the year, during his year at 19 years old, he was watching tape on NFL defenses, all 22 film on NFL defenses, just because just to kind of prepare his mind for like that type of thing. So like he, he's kind of different when it comes to that. I don't think he's your normal, typical 19, 20-year-old kid. And like you said, like still growing. And that can definitely be appealing to somebody. Like now you probably do understand that there is going to still be some sort of a learning curve, um, him, you know, progressing as more of a passer and, and getting used to those type of things. They didn't throw the ball a whole lot at North Dakota State. But what it could be, and I think that's why you actually – see a whole lot of people, um, you know, saying he has the highest upside of anybody in this class. I, I, I don't want to say he has the highest upside, but he definitely has the highest unknown of what he can potentially be. Right. And, and that's kind of, and that could be what's appealing to him. Cause you don't make this move like, and this goes in favor of fields too. And, and you got to realize too, as we talk about this, you know, obviously we're talking about it under the lens of fields versus Lance, but they, a lot of the stuff we say about Lance and, and stuff we say about fields applies to both of them. That's why it's kind of such a cool spot for the 49ers because they're both such talented. They're both such talented prospects. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I don't think that, you know, I do think that, that everybody got mad at me for calling him Mac. I do think that McCorkle, is kind of the wrong answer. And, and again, I kind of have to lean on myself a little bit when I say that because there's also a part of me that's like, man, if, if Kyle Shanahan gave all that up to take McCorkle Jones, then, I mean, who he who am I to say you can't do that? But at the same time, some of this stuff sometimes does seem that obvious. And a lot of times it ends up working out that way. Like there's a lot of times where just your average NFL draft and NFL fan – is right and and stuff goes drastically overthought by guys who it's their business to do this and you know that's how people like DK Metcalf fall so far when for a while everybody was like dude this guy's like the best in the draft what the hell is going on and you know and then he ends up falling and then everybody's like oh shit he's hella good <laughs> so right to me there's no wrong answer with with when it comes to Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. I, but if you're if you're looking at it, if you're trying to look at it objectively, because I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, how could you possibly prefer Trey Lance to Justin Fields? And it, it, to me, it goes beyond just what you can find on the internet. Like you, like you were just saying, the Trey Lance's mental makeup and his personality might be something special that we, as uh, you know, NFL fans and just kind of being on the outside looking in, we might not know about whatsoever. You know, unless, you know, someone like Crocker, who kind of gets to talk to these coaches every now and then, Trey Lance might be special and might be someone that the 49ers are like, man, this this kid really could be something else. And it's not that Justin Fields couldn't be. It's just they may see a difference there. And then, you know, there's the other things that, you know, the eye test thinks Trey Lance is a little bigger. His body type is a little different. You look at that guy and you can see why he runs over linebackers and DBs sometimes. Like he is just thick. And he looks like he's going to get way bigger. 
You know, like it yeah. seems like that guy would spend six months in an NFL weight room and just just be a beast. You know, he just he's big. He's a big dude. And, you know, he's he's maybe a little bit bigger, maybe a little stronger, probably not faster, but probably not far off. Uh, probably throws the ball a little bit farther. Can probably, you know, stuff. And, and again, I'm comparing that to Justin Fields, who has a tremendous arm. But Trey Lance's arm is like, whoa, like, you're like, damn, like, what the well, hell? Fields, no, Fields <laughs> is a little thicker. Um, it's, it, it looks like Lance, Lance is a little bit lighter. He's a little bit taller. Um, but Lance is more like leaner, I guess you would say. I would say Lance at this time is like more, like he's buffer. He has more muscle on his frame. Which he looks different. Yeah. He's super buff. But if you look at Trey Lance, like look at his lower half, you know, like the dude just looks like you can see why he got consideration to play like other positions and, and like on defense. Cause he just looks, so he doesn't look like thing. a quarterback. That's another thing that we should talk about how he, he was recruited to Minnesota to play safety. And everybody was offering, and that's where he wanted to go. Like he want, he was dead set on going to Minnesota, and they would not offer him as a quarterback. They were trying to get they, them and other schools wanted him to play safety. North North Dakota State gave him the opportunity to play quarterback, and he sat for a year. And then the next thing you know, he just takes off, <laughs> and 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 that's it. You know, it's uh, it's definitely a unique situation. It is, yeah. And I, the big thing I keep kind of repeating myself is when we're talking about these two guys, like we're not like we're definitely not down on either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I just, I mean, I, like I said, I just think that neither of them are the wrong answer. And obviously, we know that whoever gets picked at three is going to be compared to the other one for probably the entire duration of their careers. You know, like they they were they're right there. In within, you know, they have the same amount of like pretty close to the same amount of draft, whatever you call it, draft stock. Both people feel that, 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 you know, a lot of people feel it could be Fields. A lot of people feel it Lance, feel it could be Lance. And a lot of people still feel like that it could be, it could be Jones. So these, these guys are going to get compared for a long, long time going. And I just, you know, for the sake of history, <laughs> I definitely don't think either of them are the wrong answer. I'm just trying to decipher and kind of talk myself through why the 49ers could prefer Trey Lance over somebody like Justin Fields, who's had a chance to show a lot more against a lot tougher competition. And for the most part came out looking pretty damn good. So I do think Justin Fields is the favorite, but if I had to like break it down, like I think it's close. I think like, you know, like 55% Justin Fields and 45% Trey Lance. If you, like, asked me what the likelihood of them getting picked was, I do think it's close. And I think, what, what like, Crocker, you'd probably be the opposite, huh? Yeah, I'm the opposite. I actually lean more towards them. And, again, not, I'm not saying what I would do because, you know, I'm all in on, on Justin Fields and, and what what he is and I think what, you know, what he's going to be at the next level. But – just my gut feeling is saying that the 49ers are leaning more towards Trey Lance because I feel like they, they probably think they get a lot of the similar things, but in someone that's better suited and more prepared to play the style of offense that they, they have. But, you know what I'm saying? They still get the, the added bonuses of 
the big arm, the athleticism, and, you know, can make all the throws and those type of things. You know, I do think there's more of a – even with how they throw and everything, like there's more of a natural motion to me with Trey Lance. Obviously, there's things that he needs to fix, but, you know, I, I just talked to my quarterback guy on the YouTube channel, and, you know, he swears that accuracy is something that you can fix. You know, the mechanics part of it, and he just said, you Same know. Way, uh, JT O'Sullivan talked about it too. Did he, did he talk about it? Yeah, I mean, like, you, you, you can. Like, you know, you, you can fix it. And there's these little things that you're just going to go over. Trey Lance, with as well as he played at North Dakota State, and, you know, the 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions that year, and there were We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Calls that were like interceptable or whatever, but for the most part, get, kept the ball out of harm's way. He's never had a quarterback coach until this offseason, like the first time in his life when most of these dudes are having coming up and having all these quarterback coaches throughout, you know, middle school, high school, especially at college, you know, going to all these different camps, doing all these different things. And Trey Lance is still newer to all those and has still you know, excel to, you know, at least the level that he's at right now that's putting him in position to be the number three overall pick potentially. And he's finally getting the quarterback coach for the first time. That's a trip that he's never had one. Yeah, it's crazy. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional Offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com gold 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp.com slash G-O-L-D. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. That's wild. So to me, it's just, uh, again, it's, it's tough to say. I have no idea what the 49ers want to do. And I think everything you're reading out there, I mean, you could kind of decipher these clues the way you want to, but most people, if not all of them, don't have any idea what the 49ers are going to do either. And we still have, what are we, tomorrow? When you when some of you guys are listening to this, uh should hit the air tomorrow, uh, on Monday. Um, it'll be 10 days before the NFL draft. So we're going to find out pretty soon. It's just working our way through it. Who knows? I, I, I do wonder if we're ever going to get – or a real report, like a real report that said, and, and I'm assuming it, if it, it, it might, it probably won't come. And if it does, it'll probably be much, much closer to the draft. But I'm always, I'm always wondering if we're ever going to get a real report, like pending, you know, a surprise with the first two picks, the 49ers are expected to take Justin Fields, you know, like somebody really just is like, yep, this is it. This is your, this is your guy right here. Get excited. Well, I feel like we've, we've gotten that. Just, but we just don't know how true it is. <laughs> but we've seen those messages. Sort of. Mm-hmm. But then they've, they've had so much time that they just back off it. Like at one point, I mean, he could have been telling us. No one wants to accept it. But at one point, Adam Schefter was like, Mac Jones will be the pick. Mac Jones is the pick. And then, you know, he's right. kind of backed away from that. But maybe, we, like you said, maybe we've already got the reports and everybody's just got their hand, their fingers in their ears and they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to no, hear it. No, I don't think so. Because like you said, they have backed off of those yeah. statements. And everyone that has come out and said those statements now say that everyone is in the mix. So with whatever they're hearing, I, I do think that just – at the end of the day, nobody knows exactly what Kyle Shanahan is going to do. It could be Mac Jones. It could be, and you know, but I don't. If it is Mac Jones, it's not going to be because Adam Schefter said it or anything like that. I don't think any of these dudes have any idea. I think they just talk about things that maybe they're hearing from certain people that they feel are reliable sources, but then they come back and say, "Well, yeah, Mac Jones," but then you know what? It can't be this guy too. So it's like, dude, you don't know. You're just like us and guessing. Right. That's and that's what it does seem like is there's just been a lot of guessing and the to me the most uneducated guesses are the ones that lean on oh well Kyle Shanahan got to play with Kirk Cousins a couple times and he kind of still wanted to bring him to San Francisco and he played with Matt Ryan coached Matt Ryan and he coached Matt Schaub so that's that must mean that that now that he's got the third overall pick he wants a guy like that and it's like damn like did you really just say that shit. It's, well, I think it, I think Greg Cosell said it best, and he was saying like he was on you know he was on Mayoko's podcast. He was just like, look, we don't know what Kyle wants. And he was like, you know, but whatever kind of guy he does want, he has a, he has the opportunity to get that guy. Does he want someone that's just going to play on script? There is a guy there for that, but if he wants a guy that's going to be able to make you know second reaction type plays. And then he has a couple guys that do that as well. And all these guys can play from the pocket. So 
Um, you know, that's just he's gonna nobody knows. And and I like <laughs> that. I like that Greg Cosell said that. Right. And that was and that's what who was it? Who was it that wrote that article? Oh well it was Ian Rappaport that said it. And I think Albert Breer also mentioned it. But like, there are high-level people in the 49ers building that don't even know, or, or that apparently haven't even been told. So it's not something that's like making the rounds in the building and everybody knows what's coming and they're popping open their their champagne bottles early because everybody feels like it's settled. They know what's going on. There, uh, there's from from what Ian Rappaport said, there's only a few people in that building that know which way they're leaning or which way they're going. So everything you see outside of that, unless those reports are completely wrong too, um, are probably just educated guesses. So we'll see, but Hey, let's, uh, do you you got anything else you want to, any, anything else you kind of want to talk about? What what about your, tell everybody real quick about the interview you just did uh, on your YouTube channel. Tell them how it went. And, and did you take anything from that that you thought was like, you know, interesting. You know, I thought it was all interesting just kind of like him just being able to verbalize how guys improve and maybe what they're going through with the process, you know, coming in as a rookie and certain things that give guys trouble. You know, and then, you know, him being close to Josh Allen and him, you know, really talking about like, hey, like Josh Allen is like a little brother to me. And him talking about Josh Allen's, you know, his process of coming to the NFL in his first two years and not being great. And then all of a sudden, year three, having the MVP caliber season and kind of what went into that, right? It wasn't just something that was just out of nowhere. He did kind of attribute um, poor accuracy, which, you know, because – and what I was getting to was Trey Lance, right? You know, I, I, I didn't ask it in this way, but I'm just like, look, everybody gets so worried with these rookie quarterbacks and accuracy. Like, is that something that fans should be worried about or is that something that can, he, that can be improved? He was like, no, it's definitely something that can be improved. So a lot of times it has to do with the feet. He was like, you know, once you get your feet right, everything else kind of works together. But then he started talking about some other stuff. You guys are going to have to – it's the video I posted, and it says something about Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. But he started talking about some open shoulder and open this and that and your hand turning this way. I, I can't even really repeat exactly what he said. You guys are going to have to watch it. But um, – he was basically saying overall that the accuracy thing is definitely something that he can improve. And he, and I think when people talk about Trey Lance, who I don't think that Trey Lance is inaccurate, right? So th- this is my view on Trey Lance. I don't, I don't think he's inaccurate. And that's what they say, like, oh, he's not that accurate. I don't think he's inaccurate. I think he mechanically is bad sometimes because he has never had a quarterback coach. And he just sometimes his mechanics on a play will be bad, and he'll miss a throw that he should make. That's what I think is kind of going on with Trey Lance. Not so much that he just can't make throws or can't be accurate. It's that sometimes his the technical part of things is just a little off. Right, right. And I'm sure there's there's data points to get a little more, you know, detailed with, with their level of accuracy and stuff like that. But you're talking about, like, like Trey Lance over the course of his career has completed 67% of his passes. And it's obviously not a long career, career at North Dakota State. Um, just two seasons and 17 games. But so you're talking about Trey Lance, Trey Lance is 67% versus Justin Fields, 68. Like it's like there's not like this massive discrepancy between the two. And that kind of just leads me more towards the camp of, you know, the 49ers might be in good shape with both of these guys, except there's probably a huge amount of people out there that feel like 
they just feel better about Justin Fields given how much they've seen of him, how much more they've seen of him on big stages, you know, stuff like that. So, but also and I, real quick, and that's completely understandable. You you know you touched a little bit on like the accuracy thing, and you you kind of equated like completion percentage, and those things they don't really obviously like from just the outside looking in from you know a surface level like they make it they make a they kind of go hand in hand, but they really don't because you can look at a team like Alabama, right? And Mac Jones, what did he complete? 77% of his passes or whatever. But Mac Jones, you know, and I just heard this stat, he had like almost 600 yards off of screens this year. So, yeah, I think he was far and away the, the most yards yeah. after the catch out, out so, of any of the – Yeah, his his he doesn't have as much air yards. Everything that he does is a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. And, again – almost 600 yards off of screens, whereas Justin Fields, he had 81 yards. I think yards. he's, the, I think he, I think he's the inverse. I think he has the most yards, like, through the air. Yeah. Well, he had, he had 81 yards off of, off of screens in an entire season. So, like, their completion percentages, like, don't really tell the whole tale on maybe how accurate they are. Now, that's not to say that Mac Jones isn't, isn't accurate. I, I do think he's accurate. Um, to a certain extent, but I don't think it's to the level of you looking at his stats and it's say like 77%, and you're like, dang, this dude's extremely accurate. But if, you know, 50, if, he, if he's thrown 63, 60 screens, you're probably not going to miss those. Those are 60 passes that, you know what I'm saying, that will drastically boost your completion percentage in comparison to a guy like maybe Trey Lance or uh, Justin Fields who are doing more downfield passing. Right. Right, yeah, and and that's what I meant when I when I before I said their completion percentages. I said, you know, like this obviously doesn't paint the entire picture, but you know, it, it's as far as the way Justin Fields versus Trey Lance type of deal. A lot of people talk about like like there's and there might be when if if for somebody that was truly a quarterback guru, a quarterback coach, somebody a, a you know a true quarterback scout, there may be a huge discrepancy from. Between Trey Lance and Justin Fields, there might be, but it might not be the way you think it is. Like right. because Crocker has quarterback people that he's talked to, and I, one of them their 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 motives were a little questionable, but the majority of them preferred Lance to Fields. And you're talking about the opinion of somebody who's kind of dedicated their life to the quarterback position. So I always kind of lean on like you can't just discount their opinion, like. You can form your own your own thoughts, your own obviously that's what we all do. But if there are people out there that know their shit, that believe Lance is kinda like the better prospect, then that to me at least gives me a little bit of I guess you could call it comfort in the idea that if the forty ers do prefer Lance, there's some you know, some gravity behind it, a reason, if you will. It's not just because they just they're just that dumb. You know, and, and if if you've talked to other people out there that you know and trust their opinions, not that you wouldn't form your own, but it, to me, when you, when you tell me stuff like that, it at least adds a little bit of, you know, credibility to it. Hey, and I, I gotta, I gotta give some love to, to Ayla. She's in, she's in the comments. She actually said the same thing. Like basically, you know, completion percentage and accuracy don't always have to go hand in hand. So she, she, she was out actually out ahead of me, you know, kind of saying that she, she'd be on it, man, for real. Right, and and that is, and I wasn't trying to make people believe they do, but right. at the same time, 
like you can't talk about them like they're in completely different stratospheres. But when, once you get into those more advanced metrics, you know, that then people will – when guys are tracking like ball placement per throw, you know, and then you're looking at was the throw behind a guy, was it out in front of him, was it catchable, did the receiver make – make the big adjustment to make the play and, and stuff like that, you know, and there's a lot of websites that put in that kind of work. And, you know, if you, if you watch a, a, you know, a player play, then you look at, you know, the basic stuff and then you get into the advanced stuff, you'll be able to pay, paint a pretty detailed picture on which one of these guys you prefer, you know, and it's, uh, it just, it requires a lot of work and, and somebody that just kind of randomly falls on nothing, but your statistical completion percentage is obviously leaving a lot on on the table. I think the statistics in general. I, I think, and I, I brought this up to Greg a little bit. Not, I do think that there's a lot of overanalyzing when it comes to some of these prospects. Look at what a guy does, and and the, and when I say overanalyzing, like their situations and circumstances are so different. There can be different things that maybe it looks like somebody's better at when in I in when really maybe it's some of it has to do with maybe the players that this guy was playing with and this guy didn't have those type of players. I actually put out, you know, a YouTube video about, you know, comparing Drew Locke and Zach Wilson. I was watching Drew Locke in week, it was week 17 game against the, uh, I want to say the Raiders. And I'm like, man, this looks a lot like Zach Wilson. That was just my thoughts. I put out there on Twitter and I was like, Hey, what's the difference between Zach Wilson and Drew Locke? Like for somebody who hasn't watched a lot of Drew Locke and some people were like nothing. And then a lot of people, their response was, the biggest difference is accuracy and decision-making. And my thing is, how can we really judge Drew Locke and Zach Wilson on on an even like kind of playing field when one guy played in the SEC and it was far, you know, the talent that he played with was nothing in comparison to a lot of what's out there in the SEC and the pass rush that he was facing and not having the best receivers on his team. You know, and then going to the NFL and kind of having to deal with the NFL and what the NFL is, like you're going to be more sped up. You're going to miss more passes when you're kind of going from SEC and not being the best team in the SEC to the NFL. Whereas Zach Wilson, and this, and I'm only talking about accuracy and decision making because that's what people say was the biggest difference. But with Zach Wilson, everything is slowed down more. You know, you're you're playing against teams that you're better than. Um, a lot of most of this year, right? And there was a big jump in Zach Wilson's numbers from his sophomore year, which people told me like, well, he had an injured shoulder. He's coming back from that. Um, but he was for the first two years of his career in college, he was like a 63 and 65% passer. And that jumped up to like 75%. I'm like, dang, like why the big jump? And you look at their schedule and it was a little bit more favorable for them. Not saying he didn't play anybody that was good, but it was definitely more favorable than what, Maybe a Drew Locke has played throughout his entire time playing football. So we got to use some context to some of the things that these guys are doing because who they're playing with, the teams they're playing against, some of those things matter. I, I don't care what anybody says. Justin Fields is more talented than Mac Jones. But when they played head-to-head in the national championship game, the Justin Fields, the challenge at hand for him was far different than what Mac Jones was going against on the opposite side. Right. It was based off who Fields was playing with or the team that he was playing against. Every single throw was tightly contested. He had to be on the money with everything, whereas as uh, Mac Jones, there's a little bit more room for error. Guys were running more open. His 
his receivers was just killing. I mean, he had a receiver with over 200 yards in the first half, just killing everybody on the opposing team. He had great schemed up plays where he had a guy come this way, then go back. He's wide open. He just tosses it to him, touchdown. Like, you know, people aren't looking at those, those type of things where there's a lot of context with all of that. Right. And that's, and that's kind of, you know, a great way to sum up the fact that a lot of the stuff you read on Twitter about, you know, and you made, we, you and I talked about this on text is people are going to see what they want to see. People like, it, like to me, it's always been surprisingly fast how people, how quickly people latch on to like their guy. And, and this happens every year. It's not a new phenomenon by any means, but people will latch on to their way of thinking and then they will find anything and everything to help validate the way they're thinking, no matter what it is. You know, if somebody is hell bent on Trey Lance being their favorite option for the 49ers, they're going to find anything and everything statistical or video or whatever to make Trey Lance look better than Justin Fields. And you could say the inverse. And to me, I've always been like, man, like why, why would you, why would you want to do that? Like, Allow yourself to look at both guys under the same lens and realize they're both badass and they can both be great. And they, you know, and, and you can all, it's, I'm not saying nobody needs to have an opinion, but it, it sometimes it gets, they get, it gets so intense. You know, it, it, it's like they have conviction about who they love and then that leads to stubbornness and anything that moves them off that point is like, get this out, get this out of here. Like, no, no, no. And, and it's just not to me. They're taking a lot of the fun out of it. It, it looks stressful. Some of these guys right. when they're firing off their tweets and stuff, they just seem like you guys have seen people like that. They just seem kind of like generally pissed off. They're just like, don't see how anybody could prefer Trey Lance over Justin Fields. And then they, they have a highlight clip of, of Justin Fields. And you're like, cool, man. It was a great tweet. Nice job, dude. Like, it's just people get so attached to their, like their things. And it's, uh, you know, it's and then and then I right when it, literally right as I'm saying that I click on Twitter and I see a tweet that has hashtag Team Fields in it and it's just like <laughs> yeah. just chill out, man, just chill out. But anyway, so let's let's get into the uh, yeah, it, that's true, Vince. Vince said, "Welcome to America, 2020, 2021. It's not just sports, and that's true. That's true. Everybody's like that. Politics is like that too, man. Once people choose their side, it is on, baby." Um, and I think we're all kind of worse off for it. But anyways, we definitely don't want to get into that. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.